Hello everyone! As a heads up, this episode has been divided into two parts. You are now listening to part two. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and do so before continuing forward. We hope you enjoy. So then he gets the serum and it's this big dramatic scene and he comes out of the machine looking so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he goes a little skinny guy. And then I have never seen more defined pecs in my life. Oh my uh, heaven. You're like, are you a golden all, god? Like, actually, yeah. Because he's all they make him all glistening. Like, you're like, I did not need my that. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I love Peggy. Like, she's like, almost touches <laughs> his stomach and is like, anyway, yeah. you look taller. Okay. You're, you're, you're taller. <laughs> yeah, that one, that scene, probably like the biggest, for lack of a better term, thirst trap in the whole Marvel universe. <laughs> Forgive us if that's offensive. I know. <laughs> Sorry if that's. Um, but you know they did it but on it's purpose. True. I'm it's like, true. imagine I'm watching it. I'm like, imagine being Chris Evans and being like, yeah, I actually just have a body that Marvel decided to portray as a superhuman super soldier. Like, I just got injected with a Seriously? serum to be a super soldier, and I just like, I'm, like I'm just this. that guy. Like, I just actually look <laughs> just like that. Sam. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he put a lot of work. I'm I mean, sure yes, not like, like yeah. But I don't want to still unvalidate like any effort he put in, but like, but like he put in the work. He's a and human he got person. <laughs> he is not a super he soldier. Not, no. He did not in- get injected with a serum. He no. worked out a lot, <laughs> and it paid off. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, good moment. Here we are. <laughs> You're listening then, to a female <laughs> podcast. I was going to say, two young adult women hosting this had to make we comments. We couldn't not think yeah, about it. That had to be said. <laughs> right after the serum is taken, there's a spy from Hydra in the wings, and he ends up blowing up part of the building and shooting the doctor, taking the last bit of the serum and running out. And so Steve chases him down, and long story short, he catches up to him, gets him, but then the man takes a cyanide tablet that kills him so that he can't give anything away. And so that's been our experience. The doctor's dead, and the serum's gone. It broke. Right. So now it's gone, it's been shattered, and the doctor's dead, and he was the only one who knew everything that was in it. So they have no idea how to replicate it. Steve's it. Steve is all they have, and the general is not happy about it, <laughs> to be yeah. quite frank. He's very upset about it. And so he, Steve is basically given the choice to either be a lab rat and be tested on so they can try to figure out what was in the serum, even though they don't even have a lot of hope that that will really right. bring them answers. Yeah. They um, established that it would probably take years, even yes, if they do that. Exactly. So they like don't have a lot of hope with that. Or he can be part of the U.S. propaganda to sell bonds. So he goes for that. Woo-hoo. Try to save the country that way. Yeah. And One, can I yeah, can I cut in? Ahead. One thing that I did think was interesting right here is that he takes quite literally no time to adjust to his new capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, you know, I was on the border of being annoyed by it. Then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, no, think it through. Think it through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... I was like, it's, I think it's super interesting because 
we've talked about how he was already that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like weird to see somebody go through such an ordeal. He's like screaming and obviously in pain and looks dead when he, (laughs) when they open it up, right? His body is great, but his face is like, I just went through a traumatic experience. (laughs) And he's like, not okay. And then a bomb goes off. And then he just starts running after Mm -hmm. this guy. He has not tested anything, right? He takes off running. He's running down, catches up with this car. He's jumping over things. He dives into the water and punches through the submarine window. Like, like he doesn't know any of his limitations or capabilities, but he just goes for it and uses them to perfection. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, it's, it gives me this sense of like, he was always ready for that mm. like he he's been in all of these fights and he's never fought back because he hasn't been able to but like i mentioned earlier he does all that he can do and it's like now that he's here he's doing exactly what he's been doing this entire time like his body is just now responding to more of yes. it does that make any sense he's more capable now physically physically to more capable things that he already was willing to that do. he was already ready to do yeah mm-hmm. and i just thought that that was such an interesting idea that he just took no adjustment time because he was just like he was just there he, mm-hmm. he was just already there mentally yeah. and spiritually he was just prepared and so his body just responded and it's like he could just feel what those capabilities were because he has like he's always been aware of his capabilities and his limitations and he's always done everything that he can do and now he's just continuing that in a a new body and so he just like gets it and clicks with it so fast and i just thought that was really really cool yeah and i think connecting to the gospel principle we're talking about belief in your knowledge like he knows the doctor Mm -hmm. and he knows that he's really smart he probably does not understand all this he doesn't get what's going on he does not at all but he knows the doctor and knows that he's worked hard on this that he's tried to use it before and not the greatest things have happened and he knows that the doctor has sought to perfect it and he also knows that the doctor respects him enough not to have given him the serum unless he knew that it was most likely going to work right like he obviously it still needed to be tested they don't know for sure but he really trusted and knew a lot about the doctor and he knew that the serum what the serum was meant to do that it was meant to make him faster and stronger and so he's losing that knowledge and instead of being like "Ooh, i don't know i guess we'll see see if it does he's just like i know this is what it's supposed to do so i'm just gonna trust that and go for it yeah and just trust that i actually have the capabilities that i was promised um which is very insightful for us with our relationship with god like do we in those moments believe in god as in we know him we know that he's perfect we know that he's going to give us the gifts and things we need to accomplish what he's asking us to do and we just gotta run with it like we just gotta go and just trust that what god has given us is enough i think too often we hesitate and we're like well I mean, yeah, but is it really enough? Right. Like, I don't know. We know that yeah. God is there and God will help us, yes. but we don't quite believe like, it. We don't trust it. it. Like, we don't trust it enough to where we can just go with it yeah. the way Steve just runs. Yeah. And I think there is a power in thinking about 
whether your relationship with God is in a place where you can just run with it. And if it's not, that's okay. Yeah. But that is something you may want to be working on. Look at, yeah. And try. And maybe in some contexts, you are there with him. Like, and maybe in some situations, you're like, yes, I can run with what he's given me. I can trust that he's given me the tools I need. Um, but in others, you can't. And that's where you need to work on it. So yeah. just something to think about with that. For sure. Um, that reminds me a little bit of a BYU devotional that I read from 2019 uh, by Lawrence E. Corbridge, who's a general authority 70. And he talks about, I'm going to have to, it fits in perfectly right here, but I'm going to have to cast forward a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, he's talking about kind of um, the knowledge that we have, right? And he quotes Joseph Smith saying that knowledge is necessary to life and godliness knowledge is revelation knowledge is the power of god unto salvation right so just this important of like knowledge and knowing brother corbridge continues to say it's kind of a long quote so i'll I probably I won't quote the whole thing. I'll skip around a little bit. But um, he says, people say you should be true to your beliefs. While that is true, you cannot be better than what you know. Most of us act based on our beliefs, especially what we believe to be in our self-interest. The problem is we're sometimes wrong. And I don't want to apply this to Steve. I want to apply this to some other characters, actually. Okay. Um, you have the general um, who kind of undermines Steve a lot, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. doesn't real he doesn't trust the doctor and he doesn't trust Steve and these capabilities. And then we also have our bad guy who we haven't got even really yes, talked like talked about, about yet. Mm-hmm. Um who is Red Skull and he uh, is the one who also has an, an earlier version of the super soldier serum, right? And he also really acts on what he believes, <laughs> yeah. kind of in an interesting way. Like he he does what he thinks is right. Um, but I want to kind of think about like this idea of acting what we believe on what we believe, but being wrong. He gives some examples. Some may believe in God and that pornography is wrong and yet still click on a site wrongly believing that he will be happier if he does or he can't help but not click on it or it isn't hurting anyone or is not that bad. He's just wrong. Someone may believe and even know that Jesus is the Christ and still deny him not once but three times because of the mistaken belief that he would be better off appeasing the crowd. Peter wasn't evil. I'm not even sure he was weak. He was just wrong. Oh, and then one other good one. When you act badly, you may think you are bad when in truth you're usually mistaken. You are just wrong. The challenge is not so much closing the gap between our actions and our beliefs. Rather, the challenge is closing the gap between our beliefs and the truth. That is the challenge. So that's something that I think Steve is really good at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we have some other characters who aren't as good at recognizing the gap between their beliefs and truth. And I thought that was really cool. And he continues on to talk about um, the way that we gain knowledge. And he talks about four different ways uh, that we gain knowledge. And the two that stood out to me for our context were scientific and divine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you have somebody like the scientist. He, I think he's very scientific based, obviously, right? Um, and he still has a good heart. He notices Steve and he recognizes his good qualities. But I think he's very much, he's kind of this like middle ground where he's scientific mm-hmm. based and like has this knowledge of divine knowledge, right? <laughs> and uses that to find Steve. And then we have our bad guy, Red Skull, 
who at the very beginning when he finds the tesseract right he says to that guy in the church you mentioned he says what other what others believe to be superstition you and i know to be science and then he mm-hmm. says later on to somebody's like are you gonna save the world with magic or whatever and he's like it's science but i understand your confusion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and so he's just very like this science worldly knowledge focused and he mm-hmm. he has this knowledge and it, he uses this these this these scientific means to discover this knowledge and so then there's this gap between his knowledge and his belief and what's right and wrong right yeah. mm-hmm. and then you have steve we mentioned kind we mentioned that he doesn't really have the scientific knowledge he's intelligent sure yeah. but like he doesn't know what's going yeah, on no. <laughs> with this serum and the, he's not anything, a scholar yeah. he's not a scientist he's he's just a guy you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he has the ability to acquire divine knowledge mm-hmm. right Brother Corbridge does mention that, like, ideally you can combine multiple types of these. Um, but I think Steve does use intelligence and, and you know, inquiry and analysis and things like that to assess situations. Oh, for sure. Um, but ultimately, like, the best way to divine truth um, and what's right is through divine knowledge. And, and I think he definitely, he gets what he knows to be right from a higher source rather than anything that he can learn in a laboratory. Um, and I think that really differentiates him from some of these other characters who are just focused on, um, you know, the general, I would say probably uses analysis most of the time. And he's not, there's, there's a gap there and he doesn't recognize that Steve is right. And that Steve can be doing more than what he's putting him to. And, um, and this our red skull bad guy character doesn't recognize that what he's doing is evil. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. um, and Steve is the one who knows what's right because it comes from a higher power, somebody yeah. you know mm-hmm. the the ultimate power. Anyway, so I just I thought that that was a cool talk about knowledge and how we gain it, and that felt like where it fit in. So yes. uh-huh. <laughs> so there's my gaining knowledge tangent yes i appreciate that in fact building off of that it's interesting kind of jumping forward a little bit again in our marvel universe Mm. um there's this really great line in guardians of the galaxy 3 that happens um no spoilers for that one since it is a newer one it is newer yeah (laughs) this so i won't give the context for this because that would be a spoiler but basically there's a comment there's a lot about creation in that movie and there's this line where it's like there's the hands that made us and the hands that guide the hands and i think that um johan schmidt red skull looks to these hands the doctor's hands to his own hands of like i discovered this and i did this for myself and it's amazing and it's a miracle and he really puts all his focus on himself as a scientist being a creator, being a discoverer yeah. of things and forcing things to happen. Whereas Steve looks higher than that. He looks at the hands that guide the hands. He's looking at the hands that drove the doctor to choose him in the first place. And that's beyond what we can logically understand in this world, which serves him very well throughout all of his experience. But I think, yeah, having that perspective of the highest power really helps you to gain that divine knowledge 
more than seeking for your own personal, either just looking towards yourself or looking to very temporal things. So on this propaganda trip, he ends up on the front lines talking to some members of the army and it doesn't really go very well and Peggy shows up and basically he's informed that the 107th was attacked by Hydra and most of them were killed or taken captive and there was just a few left and that is the division that Bucky was part of and so he's like oh my gosh so he goes and asks the general do you know James Buchanan Barnes I was gonna say Bucky Barnes I'm like no I wouldn't say that James Buchanan Barnes do you know like know anything about him and the general's like I've written a lot of letters but I do recognize the name I'm sorry like we've he's probably gone and Steve's like no that's not good enough and the general's like no I don't want you have anywhere near this like just accept that he's dead and move on and Steve won't because he's a principled man and he will do what he feels is right so he goes and saves them long story short <laughs> he just does he it he just does it so he gets Peggy he, and Howard Stark's help yes flies uh-huh. into enemy territory they and gets him out. out and he meets Red Skull face to face yes there's that part and we get to see Red Skull's actual actual face his Red Skull his Red Skull <sighs> So it's kind of a big dramatic moment as far as an action movie goes, for sure. It's a climactic moment. And then it cuts to, like, the general and Peggy being there, and the general's, like, writing a letter to the Secretary of Defense, I assume, or someone else like that. Somebody. Who he informs that Steve was killed in action, basically, that he assumes that because they haven't heard any word from him still. And he... And then Steve comes walking up with all of these men that he saved, just right into camp and I love that his first comment is I'm here to submit myself for disciplinary action like he respects the rules yeah he just is like it was more important for me to not follow them right now but like I know the rules are there and I will submit myself to that now he's not trying to get out of it yes he's gonna do what he thinks he took responsibility yeah he's a choice and accountability person for sure but he also just prioritizes what he really feels is right over what the rules say, which mm-hmm. in some ways is impressive. It's kind of like a living the higher law kind of a feel right. to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That you can you can argue yes. it both ways. Of course, on, in terms yeah. of principle, it all depends and... on the context. Like, there's always moments where something like that he could be choosing wrong. Like, yeah. he's not infallible, but right. And it depends on your own yeah. values a little mm-hmm. bit, I think, too, you know, because some people are just going to value rules and laws more than others. And yes. I think he does value them, but not to the highest degree. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Then we also have the commandment to obey the laws of the land. So, like, yes. I wouldn't blame somebody for mm-hmm. saying, no, you should obey the laws. You know, I yeah. didn't see it going either mm-hmm. way. Not saying he did anything wrong. I just, you know, there's just an interesting debate yes. there with values and principles and... For sure. <laughs> For sure. But in the long run, he is a choice and accountability person. Yes. Yes. So that is he a takes, very good He takes responsibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. beautiful. And he saves 400 men. So yes. awesome. <laughs> so all good stuff. And the general, I love that the general is the type of person to be like, yes. okay, fair enough. Kind of that slightly like higher law kind of yeah. living of like, he's like, you're right. This was a rule, yeah. but I also recognize that what you did was more beneficial than following the rule yeah. would have been. He respects the fact that so. he saved his men and he's yes. like, all right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, I mean, 
it's a knowledge earning moment for him, right? Yeah. I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. that analysis, right? Um, that was one of the four <laughs> types of knowledge gaining in that talk. He doesn't trust or believe in Steve because he hasn't proven himself, yeah. which is true. Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he has no reason mm-hmm. to trust this guy, honestly. He performed terribly in training. Yeah. Like, okay, now he looks buff. Like that doesn't mean he's a good soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean he knows how to fight. It doesn't mean he's good at anything. And so we have this very analytical person who's like trying to save lives and win a war like he's got Mm -hmm. heavy things on his plate um and then but once he sees steve prove himself and sees that he is a valuable asset and can save his men and is fighting for the same goals that he is and is capable of achieving them i think he kind of like he analyzes the situation and says okay we're like we're on the same page Mm -hmm. now we're good he just doesn't Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't have that, you know, that higher knowledge, that divine knowledge, that ability to just recognize like the spirit and and see that the way that the doctor did Mm -hmm. in a way he can't. He doesn't just innately trust him. Yes. Uh-huh. But he does learn. He's yes. capable of learning and mm-hmm. recognizing the truth yes. when, he it, just when had it to approaches learn a him. Way, <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. And then after this, like Steve, I mean, he already was believing in himself and his own abilities, but he also begins to believe in himself as a leader. And there's this scene where the general's like basically saying, having Steve become officially Captain America and lead a team for like special operations within the war. And so he tells him, we're already starting to put a team of the best men together. And Steve's like, all due respect, I am too. Like, he's like, I trust my ability to read people and to know where they'd fit in my plans. And I've already worked with these men and seen that they could do it and that they can follow my orders as well. And so he uses several men from the 107th that he saved who particularly impressed him. And they end up doing a lot of good things throughout um, their little montage of, of taking down Hydra. Yes. <laughs> Winning the war for them from the background. So it's super interesting to see, like, him grow into more of a leader. Like, he already had a lot of those qualities, but now he's gaining confidence in his ability to be a leader. Right. And to do what needs to be done with the help of other people. And that's where I would say, I think it's easy to say that he's arrogant. And I think in some ways he is, but I think arrogance has a connotation of looking down on other people. Yeah. And I really don't think that you he wouldn't does. give to him. No. Yeah. Like he definitely sees other the others as his equals. He just recognizes he is a leader and right. he needs to be a leader. I mean you like, have to have yeah. leaders create exactly. organization. Mm-hmm. Leaders are the reason that a group functions. So mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of yeah. like it's a logical fallacy to argue that one is arrogant simply because they believe in their ability yes. to like to lead a group because mm-hmm. it's a necessary role and he just recognizes that he has the qualities to yes. fulfill that role. He's, he knows that he is the best man for the job, yeah. basically, and he sticks by that. But he also is a good reader of other people. Like, I, I like that we see that, yes, he's very confident in himself, but he also is able to look outside of himself and be like, I see this person and they have this skill and this person has this skill and I'm impressed by this. And he's able to use that. Um, So it's not just, yeah, the self-confidence. It's also an understanding of those around him and of how to utilize other people's skills to accomplish a task. For sure. 
I think the most of the rest of the movie will probably just speed run through. I guess the biggest thing is Bucky dies and it's really upsetting. Well, he thinks he dies. <laughs> he thinks he dies. We discover in Spoiler. the next Captain America movie that he didn't. But he falls from a really high ledge. It's <laughs> yes. it's a fair assumption. A, a train, yes. A train. He falls off a moving you know, train that's very high up. It's in the, the rule of almost all movies, but particularly Marvel ones, that if you don't see someone die. Yes. They're not no dead. body, no crime. <laughs> and if it's Loki, even if there is yeah. a body, it's true. Loki. He might not be dead. Yep, yep. Loki so. is a complete exception to where he simply Everything. doesn't die. Yes, he's always there, <laughs> always there. Yep, always, so, always Loki. Yes, yeah, so that is the case with Bucky. Um, but anyway, in the moment, Steve thinks he dies, and it's really painful, obviously, for him, his best friend, like a brother to him. So that's a really sad moment, and then he kind of gets that extra push to like want to take down Hydra and make sure they know what's going on. They also capture um, a scientist that the Red Skull was using as kind of his assistant through everything who was what like one of his like his right hand man really close relationship there and he just gives up a lot of information because he doesn't want to die. He cares more about himself than he does about Hydra. Yes, hardcore so, which you see a lot. Yes. Yeah, I think you can see it earlier too. Honestly, when mm-hmm. he like he's obviously uncomfortable with some of Red Skull's ruthlessness, but he's still just right on board. He's like, yes. yeah, hell Hydra, man. Like he's very self-preservation mm-hmm. focused. Yes. Yeah, that is his whole thing. So we're able to see that a little bit more. And then we get to the final fight scene. So it's on a plane. That's very important to remember because it does come into play. And Red Skull is intending to drop bombs on all the biggest cities in the world. He wants to take over the world. And to do that, he's going to destroy the power hubs. And so one of them's going to go to New York, which is Steve's home. So that's particularly sensitive for him. So they have this big fight. Red Skull ends up picking up the Tesseract directly with his hand and that ends up doing something to him which we don't really know what that is at this point we find out later he got sent to another planet to be cursed basically but he disappears flies up into the universe and drops the tesseract and it just kind of falls it like melts through the bottom of the ship and falls into the ocean so that's the fate of the tesseract at this point backtracking a little bit something i forgot to mention that i did take note of just briefly is the when the red skull realizes how tough steve is when he says you don't give up do you like he's like and cap has a repeat of his first line nope Nope. (laughs) that is the exact thing i had a note on as well (laughs) it's very just no ifs or buts about it he's a very like nope I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep doing what I feel is right, no matter what, which I do like that callback. It's a really nice moment. Yes. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love the fact that um, it helps us remember that, like, he'll take any punch and he'll do whatever he needs to, right? Um, But I think it's also cool that I think it connects to this um this old incompetent steve that we know and this new powerful steve that we know right because we have this like he'll take all the hits and he doesn't care and he'll keep getting back up but then he also is aware of the fact that he's the only one who can complete this mission right nobody else can go up against Mm -hmm. red skull he's the one who has to do it and the mission has to be completed and so he's gonna do it 
(laughs) and nothing else matters. He's going to give it everything he has and he's going to do it because that self-awareness of his own qualities and that positively used pride, he's the one who can finish this fight and no one else. And so Mm -hmm. he'll do it. And I love to, I thought about this while watching the movie too. I thought back, you know, after his best friend dies and everything, and he could just like want revenge against Red Skull. Mm. And that could be his driving force, but it's not. It's like not. you don't have that feeling. Like I thought back to Peter Parker in the third Spider-Man film where he gets to a point where he wants revenge because of the death of his loved one. And even like you kind of think, oh, maybe he got over it. And then he like comes back to it when he's in the middle of the fight. He's like, I just want to kill you myself to this bad guy. And so we see that kind of idea of it would be so easy to seek revenge and have that be a driving force behind your final fight scene of the movie, so to speak. But the fact that it's not for Steve, again, shows his leadership and good man qualities i guess like just shows where his heart really knows what's important Uh uh-huh his heart is always in the right place Um, and he's angry yeah but it's not controlling him exactly like it doesn't cause him to lose sight of what's really important in the moment and that does good as well when he does have to make the sacrifice that he does where he ends up just driving the plane into the ice, into the water, in order to just stop it from going and murdering millions and well, New York. billions of people. Yes, yeah. exactly. What I kind of had that under like the same note. It's like the same idea of like he's the only, he's the one who can complete the mission. Yeah. Nobody else mm-hmm. is on the plane. He's the one who can do it. Yes. And so he doesn't hesitate. He doesn't mm-hmm. complain. He doesn't argue. He tells Peggy, "I have to put it in the water." Yes. And then, and then he, and then he does. <laughs> like yeah. there's mm-hmm. nothing. There's no bad attitude. There's no why me. You know, yeah. the only why me he asks is when something good happens to him. Right? Yes. There's no. There's no why me. There's no hesitation. There's no arguing about it. This is the right thing to do, and he's the one who can do it, so he does it. Yes. And it's just awesome. It's a beautiful, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's this, like, final summary of, like, everything that he is and has become. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it because, yeah, it would be so easy to make him such a two-dimensional character where you're like, oh, he's just good and that's just who he is and he's just going to do the right thing. But he, and I... I think kudos to Chris Evans that he's able to show this so well. That side of him where it's hard. These decisions are hard for him. Mm. Like, it's not just like, okay, whatever. Like, he makes the decision solidly and fast. But you can see in his eyes and hear, like, that tremor in his words that he's scared. He's scared, yes. (laughs) And that he doesn't necessarily want to do this, but he knows it's what needs to be done. And so... He doesn't doubt and he doesn't waver in that decision, but you can tell that it's not easy. Yeah. And I love how well, yeah, Chris Evans does as an actor with that. And then just the movie makers in general showing that. And then we get that heartbreaking scene where he is talking to Peggy and she like comes up with these other ideas. She's like, no, we could do this. We could, I could talk to someone else about this. And he's like, no, like he just knows he hangs on to the facts that he knows. He's like, yes, that all sounds good. But we don't have time. Yeah. Like, you're right. Maybe we could do that. But we can't guarantee it. And any wasted time is going to kill people if we're wrong. It's that leadership quality of making a decision. Like you were talking about with Miss Bourne. Mm -hmm. That, um, yeah, that ability to just say no. He listens to her advice and says 
No. No. I made my decision. Yes. And it's what's happening. It's what needs to happen. It's hard for me, but it's what's going to save people. Yeah. And then instead of dwelling on it, he takes the time to make it better for him and for her. Yeah. Which I love too. Like, he's like, this is the decision I've made. This is what I have to do. And then he changes the subject because he's like, there's no point in arguing about it. And I don't want my last moments here and with her to be just us arguing about what to do to save my life when I know it's not it's pointless and so I love yeah that he is like I might need to do a rain check on that dance (laughs) it's so literally kill me (laughs) I can't even just the cuteness and like yeah the respect for her too of like I know this is painful for her and it is for me too so let's just push aside those frustrated and nervous feelings and just have a moment because that's all we can do right now. The only thing worth doing right now. So he does. And that's it. He died. Just kidding. He didn't. No body, no crime. It's true. <laughs> so. It's true. Anyway, like I said, at the beginning, we only see his shield. We don't even see his frozen body in the eyes. No body. Anyway. So, yes, we see they do look for him. Howard Stark is looking all over for him. He does find the Tesseract, which starts off Avengers in the future. But... They keep looking, Peggy keeps looking, and then we flash, and it's Steve opening his eyes. And he's in this hotel hotel room, hospital room, and is being cared for, and there's this game playing, and this woman comes in who seems like a nurse, and is like, how are you doing? Whatever. And he clearly looks, like, stressed out, and something's wrong. And it's interesting because even as the viewer, like it lingers on that moment for long enough that you can tell that his attitude is not just, whoa, I didn't think I would live or anything like, because if it was that he would have, it would have passed. Like he would have been like, okay, okay, I guess I'm here. Somehow I survived. Or like asked where Peggy was or something. But like he has, it's like this drawn out, like he looks you can tell there's something he's like off yeah it's wrong he's like something's wrong and then he mentions he was at the game that was playing on the radio which they didn't have recorded (laughs) things back then in that way that would be just like replaying on the radio like that so he's like this is weird like what is going on and so he anyway so yes he busts out apparently he was in shield that's what he discovers and he was asleep for 70 years we meet nick fury shows up and he lets him know we just wanted to break it to you slowly sorry about that and breaks the news to him that he's been asleep for 70 years basically everybody he knew is dead or very very old and the world has changed a lot and that's how it ends with him just in the modern day bam and He's lost and the heartbreaking line. And... Oh, yes. I had a date. I had a date. Oh That's the thing gosh. he's thinking about. I know. He just walked into Times Square looking like modern day Times Square. Yes. And he's like, oh, no. I was supposed to go dancing with Peggy. <laughs> yes. That's what he's concerned about. That's why he's so perfect. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Do we have a rival a to Kristoff? <laughs> perfect man rival. I had a date. What do you need? <laughs> what do you the need? <laughs> These are the quotes of perfect men. I had a date. And what, what do you, do you need? need? <laughs> we gotta come the up devotion. with a list as we go through. Yes. yes. Quotes of devotion yes. by perfect quotes. men. 
I'm, I'm starting it right now. <laughs> I love that. Love that for us. And then at the end of the year, we can just revisit. <laughs> just go through them. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Okay. Anyway, yes. Basically, to sum up, Steve knew what he was about, and he trusted in that. Yes. And we should be seeking to do that, too. God gave us gifts. He, we've been told that over and over again. Spiritual gifts. He gives us all the tools we need to accomplish what we need to on this earth. So trust it and just go for it, even if it seems scary. And it's okay to be scared. Like, oh, yeah. Steve definitely, like I said, he clearly is nervous and doubts at times, but not, he recognizes the need to just be like, no, I just got to go for it because me sitting here worrying about it or being doubtful about it is not going to make any sort of impact that I want to make. Right. And it takes a lot to train yourself to think that way. I definitely am not there (laughs) at all. The amount of time I've spent just like being uncertain about what God wants from me and like being uncertain as to whether he would help me accomplish certain things. I have things going on right in my head right now. Where I'm like, I don't think I can handle this. I don't think I can do this. And God's like, yeah, I, he's like, I am God and I made it so you can. If I'm asking you to do it, it's because I know the right thing will come out of it. And sometimes it may fail, but that doesn't mean it was a complete failure. You know what I'm saying? Girl. You are like quoting Love "Come it. Follow Me" right now for this week. This is "I, I Will Go looked. and Do." Oh, true. That. Yes. <laughs> I just taught go that lesson today, so, so it's that's why. Yeah, First Nephi three is. Um, yes. Yeah, we 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 talk a ton about how I mean Nephi and his brothers go to get the plates twice. And it fails. They've been Uh commanded to go and get these plates and they try twice and it just keeps failing and, um, and nothing's working and nobody knows what to do. And there's not another option, but God prepares a way. And that's Mm -hmm. the lesson, right? That's what Nephi teaches us in verse seven. Like I will go and do because I know that when he commands us to do something, he prepares a way for us to do it. Yes. Amen. I think that's just a great way to wrap up. Awesome. Well, why keep rambling when you've got <laughs> Nephi backing up your Nephi, words? You if know? Nephi says Over. it, man. <laughs> we've Mic got drop. It. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, that is everything from us today. Thank you so much for watching, listening. Um, be sure to subscribe, like, leave a five star review according to wherever you are participating in our podcast also follow us on instagram at god and all things we do a variety of posts over there maybe not as regularly as we'd like to but (laughs) no it's fine it's fine (laughs) it's somewhat regular (laughs) yes yes you'll at least see the updates for new episodes and everything on there and it's a lot of fun when we do post and you can get hints for upcoming episodes which is kind of fun too so definitely follow us there also follow me on youtube um my other channel good strong words i chat about just what i'm reading in general on there and it's a good old time and that is a wrap so like we said thank you for watching and listening keep remembering to see god in all things and we will see you next time bye bye